0: your Bibles. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 through 27. I am so pumped about this message today. Um, ah, yeah. Oh, one more thing. 12 years I've been married today. We're celebrating our anniversary. It's awesome. She laid eyes on me and couldn't look back. It was good. It's good. No, we're celebrating 12 years today and uh, there's no other place that I'd rather be but uh, in the house of God. Uh, celebrating this special day, and then we're going to leave you all and go do our thing. So um, that's kind of the way that it goes. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. This is Paul writing, and he says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This morning as we ring in the new year together, I want to speak to you from the subject, life in the starting blocks. Life in the starting blocks as we deal with the issue of starting well. As we deal with the issue of starting well, would you pray with me? Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive, that it's active, that it's powerful, that it cuts literally to the core of who we are. Father, it's in your word that we find and experience your grace. It's through your word that we experience your presence. So I pray that you would speak to us today. As we start out 2017, this brand new year, I pray that you would help us start it well. That you would give us everything needed to negotiate this new year the way that you've called us to. We love you, we worship you, I thank you for this moment, I thank you for this beautiful community of people that gather here today to worship you, to focus our hearts and our minds on your name, the name which is above every other name, the name to which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. We worship you, we love you, we honor you in this moment. Speak to us, we are listening in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted... Alright, I love to swim. I got any swimmers in here? A few of us. I, I swam in high school. Um, if I really, really wanted to, if I look back, um, I was actually a really good swimmer. I say this very humbly, okay? Um, but I could have went collegiate with my swimming, but I decided to uh, pursue, pursue music and then eventually uh, go to the other side of the world and uh, become a pastor. So there you go. That's how that goes. Um, but I-, I loved swimming in, in high school, and I, I got into it. Long before high school, but competitively when I entered into high school, uh, ninth grade. And I loved my coach. I had really good, had really good coaches. And this is kind of how I got into swimming. I actually tried out for the dive team. And I was horrible at diving. And, uh, and so I did a few dives and everything like that and went through the whole process. And then the dive coach came over to me and said, you ever thought about swimming? Um... And I was like, no, not really. He was like, we were watching you swim back to the side, and we thought, man, this would be a good swimmer. I'm like, this is your way of kicking me off the dive team. What are you talking about? So I conceded, and I said, yeah, I'll try out swimming. And I actually was, was really good um, at, at swimming, and I learned a lot. And I think sports, uh, at, at least for the guys in the house, I know, uh, well, no, I don't want to do that. The ladies love the sports as well, right? Uh, for a lot of us, I think sports speaks to life. Like, so many things that we find in sports, so many things that we understand about sports really highlights life for us. It helps us understand life. And so here's, here's the deal. When I was swimming, uh, we would practice this specific part of our race, and that was being in the starting blocks, right? So whether you're in track or swimming or any other sport that uses starting blocks, there was a, a, a great amount of time that our coach would spend with us at the starting blocks. Now, it makes sense that you would say, hey, we need to get in the pool and we just need to swim, 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 build muscle, build speed, but our coach would spend massive amounts of time with us in the starting blocks. I mean, whole practices just producing a better ability to start well. Now, many of us have heard this saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, And while that may have a measure of truth to it, the fact is is that how you start is of great importance. Right? Paul the Apostle would liken life to a race, an illustration that he would use multiple times in his writing. Races have two very significant portions, the beginning and the end. I know that was deep and philosophical, right? (laughs) So if we're to be fair, how we start, I think, is actually just as important as how we finish. Let's not make the mistake of minimizing one over the other. Now, now, now I get it. We, we like to do that because there's a lot of variables in the race of life. There's a lot of variables in races and sports, no matter how you cut it, right? So we, we like to say it's not how you start, it's how you finish, because it makes us feel good when we didn't do the race well or we didn't start well. Well, at least I have the finished portion. But what we have to understand and we got to be careful of is not to minimize the beginning. Because starting well is so important. See, when I swam in high school, I spent an exponential amount of time focusing on proper starting technique. Why? So that I could have as much advantage in my race as possible. So that when it came to the end of my race, I could finish strong instead of making up time lost due to a not so stellar start or complications in the middle of the race. See, if I were to think back through one lesson stuck out more than any other during my time in swimming when our coach was teaching us about starting well in the blocks. He used to say this, when we were starting, we would be in this starting position. We'd get up on the blocks, and if you've seen swimmers, there's two parts to so your starting, and you're on, you're on the starting blocks, and you're standing there, and all of a sudden, you're kind of loose, and you're, and, and you're getting ready for the race, and you're pumped up, and you're excited, and, and you know that your girlfriend's in the stands watching you in a Speedo, and it's awkward, and so you're all loose, and, and then he says, take your marks, and then you would get into a starting position, however your starting position looked. And it's right there where our coach would start to really teach us and train us because this part's easy when you're just standing there. But when it's take your mark, the race is about to start. And when you're in this position, that's when the anxiety and the fear and everything else, and your adrenaline's pumping because you're waiting for that starting gun. You're waiting for the thing to crack, and you go for the race. You jump in, headlong in, and you're racing. My coach would say this to us. He'd say, don't react to the sound of the gun. Develop a rhythm with it. You see, it'd be easy to think that when you are positioned on the starting blocks, that you're simply just waiting for the sound of the gun. You're waiting for the start of the race. The truth is that there's a lot more going on. We have to learn to develop rhythms, not reactions. Am I talking to anybody this morning? We have to learn to develop rhythms, not reactions. You see, if I'm just waiting for the sound of the gun, then the possibility of a false start grows exponentially due to a heightened sense of what I call reactionary tension. We have that in life as well, reactionary t- So when I'm in the starting gate, when I'm waiting, and I'm just focusing on the gun, I'm just focusing on reacting to the sound, that's when you see guys false start because they have reactionary tension. They're so pent up, they're so ready that they actually, uh, a little sound goes off, a little thing in their head, and false start. Too many false starts, you are disqualified. You ever false started in life before? (laughs) Or worse yet, I can be so focused on reacting to the gun that I actually delay my start because I'm so focused on the sound. Right? It's what I would call a focused stall. You ever been there before? Where you're so focused on something that it actually happens and you delayed? I do it all the time. I remember when I was really working, and, and, and our coach, when he's teaching us, you watch guys, and myself would do it as well. I'm so focused on listening to the gun, so focused, it would boom, go off. Oh, it just went off. I'm stalled in my start. Or I could potentially shorten my entrance into the water due to the speed of my reaction. All these situations significantly impacting the start of my race. So, what we would work on is developing a rhythm to our start rather than a reaction. See, I had a rhythm for my arms, my breathing, and my thinking, and my body positioning. Everything was rhythmic in nature. The better the rhythm, the better my start. It wasn't reactionary in nature. And I think a lot of us enter into new years, new moments, new seasons, new relationships, new things, new idea, whatever it may be, when anything's new, and many of us have a tendency to enter into new reactionary. And what I want to help us with this morning is not developing a reactionary-based life, but rather I want to help us enter into 2017 with some rhythm, baby. Come on, with some, with some rhythm. I don't have rhythm. I'm just that white. So. <laughs> but I want to help us with some rhythm, just like my coach would help us. He says, don't react... To the start, don't react to the gun going off. Have some rhythm with it. Have some rhythm. Well, come on, turn to your neighbor this morning and say, have some rhythm with it. <laughs> I like that. Have some rhythm with it. I believe that life and faith work very much the same way. We can either react or we can develop a rhythm. And the Bible speaks to the type of rhythms that we should be developing in our lives. Live. So this morning I want to take a look at three rhythms that are essential. Three rhythms that are essential to starting well. Come on, you with me this morning? Every shout number one for me. Number one, the first rhythm is a rhythm of discipline. And then the church gets quiet. <laughs> <laughs> a rhythm of discipline. Let, let's go back to our, our, our main scripture. 1 Corinthians nine twenty six 26-27 says, So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body to keep it under control. That's after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Literally the essence of being a disciple is one who is disciplined. Discipline is necessary when it comes to starting well. I read this this week, beautiful, beautiful quote. um, And it says this, discipline means giving up the good and the better for the best. I like that. Discipline means giving up the good and the better for the best. Come on, have you ever just been okay with good? You've ever been just okay with better, but then sensing and realizing that they're still best? And discipline is the ability to look at good and better and realize, come on, but there's still a best. And I'm here to let you know that there is a best for 2017 for every single one of us in here this morning. There is a great that God has for you in 2017. The question is this, do I have a rhythm of discipline in my life? 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle... David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites. Verse 2, it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. What I want you to notice is that when all the kings were out to war, where they should have been, David was chilling at home on the couch. What happened? He didn't have a rhythm of discipline in his life. Do you know that David's life would have gone completely different if he, had, if he would have been where he was supposed to be in that moment? Come on, you ever been there before? A rhythm of discipline. One of the greatest reasons that we don't start well is because we have not disciplined ourselves well. Every great step that we will take in life comes, comes through and always includes discipline. Every shot Discipline. Discipline. And this is something that we hate to talk about. See, discipline is the main feature of a life well lived for God. Unfortunately, the idea of being disciplined has been demonized because of an inaccurate view of works. Our discipline does not earn salvation, but it keeps it in perspective. I was bought with a price. By grace, I've been saved. Like Paul said, I don't do this life now, this this position that I'm in now, I don't do it aimlessly. I don't do it as one boxing at the wind, but I discipline my body so I can run the race that God has for me. And come on, God's got some amazing races that are starting right now in 2017. And the question is, are we gonna develop a rhythm of discipline? Rhythm of discipline. Because it's necessary to run our Race. See, discipline gave Paul the ability to have an impact on the world and people around him. He'd be able to run the race set before him. And see, much of our purpose in 2017 is attached to the rhythm of discipline that we develop in our lives. See, we're going to talk more about this next week as we begin our series, Minus One. But discipline is not about adding more to our lives. And a lot of us think that. Discipline's about adding. Boom, 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 add, add, add. We're going to talk about this in this series. On the contrary, many and most times, discipline is about the removal of something that actually helps us be better. Starting well. So I had to discipline some things. I had to discipline my body in the starting block. I had to have my, my rhythm to it, my rhythm of discipline, and I would do the same thing. It's like golf. Do I got any golfers in here? A F- few of us. It's like eight nerds. Alright, Perfect. <laughs> In golf, if you're a golfer, you discipline yourself in such a manner where you get like your little twitches and your little waggles and everything that you do, right? I'm just doing this for my wife right now. And so, um, sorry anniversary, all right? One service. (laughs) You thought it was about you. And so... um, So you develop this discipline of everything that is going on with you, and, and I have a position, and I have different things that I, that I do to make sure that I'm ready to, to strike that, that ball and hit it on the, so it's discipline, or when, you're, or when you're skiing, or when you're doing any other type of sport, there's discipline, there's, there's this rhythm of discipline that you get into, and why don't we do that with our faith? Everything else will work to be disciplined in, but when it comes to our faith, they're like, yeah, Whatevs. God's sovereign. <laughs> yeah, like it's his fault. <laughs> but that's the point. And so Paul's saying, look, we've got we've to remain disciplined. We've got to develop a, a rhythm of discipline. For some of us, starting off 2017, means cracking open our Bible this year. we will get basic with us. It's simply just for three and a half minutes a day. Start there. Two verses. I can do that. Get it on your, on your Bible app. If you, if you need a better reading plan, talk to Pastor Mike. He gets geeked on this stuff. <laughs> it's true. It's all about it. He's like, thank you. Pastor Jason said, do it. Now come talk to me. I'll show you how, right? It's the discipline of doing it. Just being able to, to get into reading, worshiping. Come on, come on. Engaging in community. We don't do church for the sake of doing church. We just kind of cram into a building on Sunday and and do our thing and then disperse. But there's community involved. We walk it out together. We we do this rhythm. It's a discipline in our life. And so the first rhythm that we need to develop in our lives is the rhythm of discipline. Every shot number two. I love this one. The second rhythm is a rhythm of praise. It's a rhythm of praise. Philippians chapter 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Some of us in 2017, we have to develop a rhythm of praise and a lot of us are living in a rhythm of pessimism. And we wonder why we can't move forward. Because my rhythm is pessimism. Oh, such a horrible 2016. Life was horrible. They were horrible. My family is horrible. My face is horrible. Everything is horrible. <laughs> we got this rhythm of pessimism going on. But what if we switched it? What if we developed a rhythm of praise in our life? What if we developed the cadence of praise in our life? If there is anything excellent, is if there's anything worthy of praise, I'm going to praise it. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to say, thank you, God. I'm stepping in with a rhythm of praise. I get excited about this stuff because it's amazing what happens when we develop these rhythms in our lives. we got to just start thanking God for the simple things. You may have come from a crazy, hellacious 2016, but come on, there's something praiseworthy in it. There is something praiseworthy in it. And that's not just like the power of beautiful thinking and trying to find, no, there is something praiseworthy because the fact that you were still standing after 2016 tells me that God was still in the midst of your 2016 and I got something to praise about. I broke my watch. (laughs) I told you I was excited, I'm going to shout today. This is my moment to praise. (laughs) See if you want to move forward, you have to learn to praise. Praise is an essential rhythm in the life of those who start well. The little moments, the big moments, and maybe the moments that you want to forget. God is working in and through all things. Every moment of 2016, God uses to shape who we are and who we will be stepping into 2017, if we let him. So I praise him, I thank him, and I enter into 2017 with a spirit of praise, knowing that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. See, a rhythm of praise is so important because it sets the tone. Listen, literally, it sets the sound of a new season. Come on, did you hear that? We develop a rhythm of praise in our life because it sets the tone of our new season. See, if i got a rhythm of pessimism or a rhythm of negativity or a rhythm of of lack of faith or whatever other rhythms that we can have, that is setting the sound, that is setting the tone for my new season. But if I've got a a rhythm of praise going on in my life, I'm stepping into a new season with a different sound. With a sound of expectancy, with a sound of excitement, with a sound saying this is going to be a better year. This is a new year. This is a great year. I'm praising God for 27 but I'm moving into 2017 there's a sound of praise in my new season we've got to get a new sound you ever you ever step into your car like and I know everybody's holy in here so you just listen to worship music that's like that's all I'm not that holy okay so so every now and then i just got to, I, I, I throw on, and look, you can judge me if you want to, but every now and then, you, you'll hear a little like Bone thugs in harmony or Tupac up in my car, <laughs> right, because I got to kick it back <laughs> to, my, to my high school days, <laughs> and uh, why, because there's just, like, I'm like, as I'm going to the gym, I'm just getting pumped, right, and I, my kids are like, what are you listening to, and I'm like, I have no idea, <laughs> I did put on techno the other day, right, I threw it on Pandora, and uh, it's just, it's just beat, right, like all these things are going on, <laughs> listen to the beat drop, and it drops, and, and then I turn it down, and my, my boy from the back goes, can you turn it back up, Dad? I was like, absolutely, son, listen to the beat drop, right, and it's doing its thing, Shiloh's like, hey, <laughs> where'd you get the glow stick right like. <laughs> I say all that to make this point it's amazing how a sound will set an atmosphere in your life what atmosphere are you setting in your life for 2017 what sound is developing This new season that you're about to step into. Come on, is it a sound of praise or is it a sound of pessimism? (laughs) For me, in my house, we're setting up 2017 with a sound of praise. Come on, we're counting the good things that God has done. We're saying yes and amen. We're saying thank you, God. There was rough moments. We're saying thank you, God. Even in the midst of those rough moments, you showed up, you did amazing things, and we're holding on to you for 2017. So we set a sound of praise. That's why we worship and praise every single service around here. Not because it's some perfunctory thing that we do in church, but we're trying to set the sound. We're trying to set an atmosphere of praise and of worship so that when we read God's Word it falls upon soft hearts and open minds because we're trying to set a tone every single weekend around here so we can walk out of here encouraged, equipped, empowered, and released to go do what God's called us to do. Come on, is there anybody that can give me a good amen this morning? You gotta set the sound. Listen, praise is the precursor to promise. You see, Ephesians tells us that God. Has things that we are designed to step into, a calling and a purpose that's been designed before time. It's the promise over our lives. And when we learn to praise him for the previous season of our lives, it enables us to participate in the new season of promise. Did you hear that? When we learn to praise him for the previous season, it enables us to participate in the new one. We've got to develop a rhythm of Praise. See, when I was swimming, I'd get up on the blocks, and I wouldn't think about how cruddy my last race went. I would step into this new race and say, come on, you got this, man. You've got this. You've got the rhythm of discipline, you've been training for this. Don't, don't freak out, don't allow it to get into your head, just be focused on what's going on. And you know what? And then I'd get into this, my coach taught me, no matter how bad the last race was, find the good parts of that race and focus on those so that you can go in and go, oh, that last race, that was just a training ground for this new race. I may have lost the race, I may have not done that race well, I may have not started well, I may have not have finished well, I may have DQ'd myself, but it don't matter. I learned this, I learned this, I learned this. So I'm praising that first race for what it was so that I can step into this new race completely equipped to work it out. Tracking with me, okay. we've got to develop a rhythm of praise. Praise, somebody needs to hear this this morning, is a weapon against discouragement. How easy is it for us to get discouraged? Like, to be really honest, some of us are going to be pumped up right now, like you're fired up. Like, you, oh man, this is a good day in church. I'm I'm fired up right now. I'm going to leave here. And the minute you walk out this door, discouragement will hit you like a freight train. Newsflash. Unless right now you decide to develop a rhythm of praise. You can walk out of here, I'm encouraged, I'm ready to go, 2017, but oh, my family, nope, rhythm of praise, oh, my job, nope, rhythm of praise, oh, my health, nope, rhythm of praise, I'm going to praise God for what he's done, and I'm going to praise God for what he's doing, there is a sound of praise in my life, and it is a weapon against discouragement, it defends against discouragement. Come on, just one more this morning. Every shot number three. The last rhythm. And you could probably think of like 15 more, but my favorite one. We have to develop a rhythm of grace. Paul would say this in 1 Corinthians 15, 10 through 11, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. and His grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. I was disciplined. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Grace. Without this rhythm employed in our lives, no season is really possible. Why? Because as much as we work to start well, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes things just simply don't go our way. Listen to what the writer of Ecclesiastes says about life in chapter nine, verse 11. He says, again, I saw that under the sun, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. It's interesting. In other words, the Bible's telling us that stuff happens. Life happens. Time and chance happen to us all. It's the cadence of a race where anything is possible. But the rhythm of grace in our lives keeps us in the race even when things don't go according to plan. See, the rhythm of grace in our lives keeps at bay the rhythm of shame. It keeps at bay the rhythm of guilt when we aren't running the race that we should be, running the way that we could be, or the way that we've been called to run and this is why paul writes in corinthians 2nd corinthians chapter 12 verses 9 through 10 when he says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because I got the cadence, I got the rhythm of grace in my life. I got the rhythm of discipline, baby. I got the rhythm of praise, and I've got the rhythm of grace, in my life, so come on, world, come on, 2017, bring it on, because I'm stepping into a new season, I'm stepping into new things, I'm stepping into greater moments, why? Because there's a rhythm in my life, and that dude's shouting a lot this morning, it's all right, I'm going to get it in one way or another, (laughs) felt this morning as I was praying about this message, I need to proclaim some stuff over our lives, listen, everybody looking at me, Some of us need a new rhythm in our life. Some of us need to change the beat that we've been walking to in life. And I wanna suggest this morning, some of these rhythms will do it for you. Why is the rhythm of grace so important? Stuff happens. Sometimes the rhythm of discipline in our life gets off. So we need the rhythm of grace. See, if we live a life just of discipline and praise, it's good. We're disciplined. We're praising God for good things, but we become stoic in nature, work-based, law-based, because it's all about my. It's all about me. If I don't got the grace at work. But if I have just grace and praise in my life without discipline, then I just kind of float through. <laughs> Yay! Right. It's all good, God's good, praise God, everything's good. What's happening? Nothing, but it's all good. Why? Because I don't have discipline at work in my life. But if I've got grace and discipline and no praise, I'm the type of person that forgets everything that God has done and I'm constantly frustrated because I haven't learned how to thank him for the simple things in life. So I become the person who always wants more, who always wants better, who always is pushing and driving. But come on, when the rhythms are at play, It's a beautiful tone. It's a beautiful sound that happens in our lives. I invite you to stand this morning.